Well, hey there, and welcome to our Sermon Audio Podcast from Mountain View Christian Center, a place to connect. We talked last week about, you know, we're talking about how Jesus prayed, and, and his disciples asked him to teach them how to pray so they could pray effectively. And Jesus gave the example of going to uh, your neighbor's house at midnight because you had somebody come and visit. You go to your neighbor's house and you bang on the door and say, hey, I had somebody show up at midnight. Would you get up, get out of bed and, and bring me some bread? So I can, you know, the reality is sometimes, in fact, I think a lot of times we get hung up on praying because, well, I can only pray about the really important stuff. I can pray about the, the stuff that I need. But you know what Jesus was saying? Nobody needs bread at midnight. You can go the rest of the night, go back to bed, get up in the morning and get some bread. Get up in the morning and make some bread. Get up in the morning when the world is awake and go to your neighbor. Jesus' whole point was the relationship that you have with some of your close friends, it's okay to be annoying, right? It's okay to to knock on their door at midnight and and to get them out of bed and, and they'll do it. Even your good friends, they may not do it because they love you so much, they'll do it because of your boldness. And Jesus was saying, be bold, but he was also saying, have this relationship. I want to have a relationship with you. And he followed it up uh, by talking about even, even us, if our sons, he says, fathers, if your sons ask you for, you know, for a fish, you wouldn't give them a snake. And if they ask you for an egg, you wouldn't give them a scorpion. Again, talking about the relationship, he says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven? He uses that example that, again, relationship, your father in heaven. So last week, just talking about relationship, we know that our prayers are heard. We know that our prayers are effective. Uh, if we are righteous, we're righteous when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're going to move on from there today, and, and we're going to look at a couple of really attributes of Jesus' prayer. And I'm going to be I'm going to give you a hint, Matthew 14, 23. So when I say hint, it'd be like, this is the time I should see people moving. Because you can grab your Bibles and you can open them up. You can like grab your phone. So how many of you have the Bible app on your phone? And how many of you just pretend you do? You're like Facebooking or Instagramming or something. You got a real Bible with you today. Your phone's over there. Is it on silent? We might find out. Courtney will text you maybe. So I'm going to start out in Matthew 14, verse 23. I'm going to jump from there to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. I haven't got there yet. I'll get there. You you just go right ahead and hold your Bible up. See how long you can do that. You're strong. In Luke chapter 6, so Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew 14, 23, Mark 1, 35, and Luke 6, 12. Babe, are you ready? All right, let's, hold, let's, let's get them up. Repeat after me. This is the word of God. It's able to make me wise. It's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. And this message is for me. All right. Better? 
Oh, very good. Great. Matthew 14, 23, just looking at one verse. Talking about Jesus, it says this. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Now, I'll give you a little backstory. This is after he had fed the 5,000. This is after a long day of ministry. This is after coming across the lake, running into all these people, ministering to them, feeding them, sending them away. He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Three different accounts of of Jesus' habit of praying, three different things, but they're really, all three of them are saying two of the very same things, and those are two attributes that I want to look at about Jesus' prayer life and challenge every one of us that we need to grab hold of those same attributes. If we want to pray like Jesus, we've got to start acting like Jesus. How many of you know that? You want to pray like him, better start acting like him, and that's, and that's a good thing. The two attributes I want to look at is, number one, he was consistent, and number two, he was intentional. Jesus was consistent, and Jesus was intentional. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning as we break open your word, as we take a look at it and view your prayer habits, we want to learn from them. Lord, we're going to look, about, look at how you were consistent in prayer and how you were intentional in prayer. Lord, this morning I pray that that, that would not just rub off on us, but Lord, that we would grab hold of it. Lord, that we would make changes in our lives and in our attitudes that we might reflect you. Lord, I pray that you'd be pleased with the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart. I pray that your Holy Spirit go where I can't, to the very heart of each and every one here. In Jesus' name, amen. So consistency, consistency truly is one of the greatest attributes of God. It's good news that God is consistent, don't you think? And the Bible says it, that uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, Hebrews 13 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what you see in Scripture of Jesus about yesterday, or however many yesterdays you can think back, even yesterdays before you were born, yesterdays 2,000 years ago before Jesus hung on the cross, and when he hung on the cross, what it says about Jesus then, the way that he lived, and the way that he loved, and the things that he expected, is the same today. Jesus has that same passion He has that same compassion. He's got that same love and that same determination to draw us into a right relationship. He is the same. He doesn't change. And and what he is today, he's going to be in a 1,000 years. He's going to be in 2,000 years when we're all dead and gone, and and I pray that all of us are in heaven with him. 
Because I pray that we all come into a relationship with him. In a thousand years, in two thousand years, in a million, he's going to be the same. He doesn't change, and he has no need to change, does he? Carlo agrees with me. Jesus has no need to change. We need to change. He doesn't need to change. So that's what it says about Jesus and his consistency. If you go into the Old Testament, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, the Lord says this, I, the Lord, do not change. And if you continue on, he says, so that you, O children of Israel, are not destroyed. We could take out Israel and we could say, uh, Mountain View Christian Center. I, the Lord, don't change so that you, Randy, aren't destroyed. Gotcha, there you go. I don't change so that you are not destroyed, so that you can have peace and life and happiness and joy with me. Can you imagine trying to please a God that changed his mind? See, this is one of the, this is one of the reasons why we know that God is male. <laughs> okay, I didn't win any female support on that. Let's just move right along. God, before y'all decide to destroy me, it would, be, it would be impossible and highly frustrating to please a God that changed his mind all the time over what makes him happy. You know, if one day, one day it's uh, animal sacrifice, another day it's, it's eating lobsters, another day it's, it's giving a whole bunch of money, you know, the next day it's cutting down trees, and the day after that it's putting those trees back. If God changed his mind on everything, it would be annoying, it would be frustrating, it would be impossible to know if you ever please God. And yet there's a lot of false religions out there today that teach you can never really know if you've pleased God because you can never really know God. God is way up in the heavens somewhere and he's unknowable, untouchable, unseeable, unfeelable. You can't, and so you just never really know. So you just better do the best that you can and hope for the best. No wonder when those people get on their deathbed, they're scared half to death. I, I can't imagine going to my Grave. I can't imagine taking my last breath and not being able to know if I have pleased God or displeased God. Knowing that I won't find out until I close my eyes for the very last time, until I put that kickstand down for the last time, whether or not I have pleased God. That would be a scary, frightening proposition. If you, if, if you were brought up believing that, if you, if you thought that, I would, I would imagine that you would probably run around and try a little bit of everything. Well, I'll try, I'll try some of this religion, I'll try some of this religion, I'll try some of that faith, I'll, I'll, do everything. I'll, I'll worship every God that I can find, every God that I can think of, so that hopefully maybe one of them's going to help me. I'm going to get it right with, with one of them. I'll try drinking from this well and that well and and another well until I can find satisfaction. You know the problem is when you keep drinking from different wells, you never get satisfied. Jesus. Jesus is the water of life. And he said, you drink from this water, you'll never thirst again. 
You get it right, you get it right. And God is consistent. And if you, if you want to know if you are pleasing him, you want to know if you are making God happy, if you are doing things right, crack this book open once in a while. Because he has given us everything we need to serve him and to please him. Because God wants us to be with him. He wants us to please. So he, he laid it down. This is how you do it. So we don't, have to, we don't have to worry because God is a God of consistency. Jesus is, is a, a God of consistency and he prayed consistently. Now, some people find consistency or predictability to be kind of boring, but I, I think it's a safety net. I really do. I, I appreciate that I don't have to guess or wonder what God is doing. Have you known people that are, that are consistent almost to a fault? It's cool that you, you just know they're going to be there. I know somebody that had, uh, I know some, <laughs> talk about consistency, interestingly, I know somebody that had, uh, they, were, they were a preacher and um, they were preaching a series on the attributes of God. And they had taken, they'd gone out with their youth group, taking the youth group out, and they were uh, sledding. And they built a, a snow run. And they had prepared for the message. This is on a Saturday. They had prepared for the message the next day. And they, they decided, rather than just send the youth down, that they would get on the tube first and, and run down, you know, be kind of safe, make sure everything's going to go good. And they went down. They went across the road and went down and bam, hit a tree with their head, knocked him out cold. Came to a little bit loopy. But they, you know, they, they got him up, got him in the van. They took him to the hospital. They, they got him checked. Major concussion. Major concussion. Didn't have anybody to cover for him the next day. So went home, went to bed. His wife took care of him, made sure he was doing all right. Got up the next morning preached in the morning, went home, took a nap, got up in time to go to the evening service. They had an evening service. It was in the evening service that he was preaching on uh, the names and the attributes of God. Preached the message, preached the good message. Went home, forgot about it. I don't know, four or five weeks later, he's finishing up. He's, he's preaching the last message. And he gets done preaching it. And as he's walking back, one of the young ladies in the church grabbed him and said, hey, pastor, come here. I got to show you something. I said, you know, when you started, I thought this message uh, seemed familiar. So, oh, okay. Went back in her notes. He had preached that exact same message one time before. Same message, same notes, same references, same illustrations to a T, had no recollection that he had ever preached that message before. She said, you know when you did it? No, his answer is no. That Sunday, you got the concussion. <laughs> that pastor told me, he, he was so, I mean, he was impressed that he was consistent, but he was so disappointed because he studied all week <laughs> to preach the exact same message that he had preached once before. 
But he felt kind of good that he hit all the exact same points. I mean, all of his illustrations, all the points were exactly the same. There was consistency there. And there's safety in consistency. If you're following somebody and they're not consistent in their preaching, they're not consistent in their teaching, they're not consistent in their life, that ought to throw up a red flag. Maybe I ought to beware. This person's not being consistent. We need to be consistent. Jesus was consistent. He had a time set apart for prayer. He had the intent and the persistence and the consistency to make sure that that prayer time didn't get interrupted. Whether he had to get up early in the morning or he stayed up late at night, he separated himself and he consistently had communication with his father. We need to endeavor to do the same. We need to, we need to start having that consistency. Consistency requires determination. We've got to keep doing it until it becomes a habit, until it becomes second nature. They say it takes seven weeks to develop a habit. It takes seven weeks to break a habit. So if you, if, if you haven't been consistent in your prayer life, let me encourage you, start off today. You might even mark your calendar for seven weeks. Some of you got, most, most of us probably have smartphones. Most of our phones are probably smarter than we are. If you don't know how to program it, find a grade school kid, five-year-old or something. <laughs> Ask them to show you how to get to the calendar and load the calendar. Put a reminder on there. If you got to do it the same time every day. You know, I find it, it's, it's helpful if, for me, it's helpful to have the same time every day. So I've, I've got kind of a routine. I mean, I'll get up at, at 5.30 in the morning, most mornings. Well, my alarm will go off, I'll hit snooze. Then I'll get up, I'll go to the gym, I'll come back, make sure the coffee's ready, and I sit down while it's still quiet in the house, and I, and I sit on my couch, and I got my cup of coffee, and I got my Bible. And that's, that's, that's my time to not be distracted, to just be consistent, reading the Word, praying, and studying. And, you know, let's, let's not get hung up on it. It's got to take me a half hour. It's got to take me an hour. It's got to... I would rather have a meaningful 30-second conversation with somebody than to listen to them go blah, 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 blah for an hour. You know what I'm saying? I really believe God's the same way. He'd rather have a consistent time with you that you're actually thinking about what you're saying, you're, you're praying, you're, you're, just, you're just keeping it going, than to have you sit there and say, oh, well, I've blocked it. You know what? I've got to pray for at least a half hour. I've got to pray for at least an hour, and I'm forgetting about, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, so I'll just start praying about everything, and I'm just going to blah, 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 blah. And I think, honestly, I think God gets bored of that. So let's, let's commit ourselves to having a consistent time of prayer, consistent time that we're communicating with the Lord. Don't worry about how long or short that time is, but develop the habit to have consistency. So consistency is number one. Consistency and that determination to be consistent leads us to number two, the second attribute that Jesus demonstrated in his prayer life, and that was intentionality. Jesus was intentional. 
in everything he did, including prayer. And you need to understand, intentionality, being intentional, doesn't necessarily come naturally. A lot of things happen naturally that aren't intentional. Okay, you following, you tracking with me so far? Let me, let me, let me give you an example. Let's look at some of the, ver- the verses that we highlighted. Matthew 14, 23. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. As I said, this was after a long day of ministry. He had over 5,000 men, not to include, the, not, not counting the women and the children. That were There were probably a good 12 to 14, 15,000 people there that Jesus is ministering to. You can, you can bet your bottom dollar that a number of those people probably came up and, and approached Jesus. He, parents probably brought their children to him for him to lay hands on and to bless. They, they had a habit of doing that. They were, they were consistent in that. People probably that were sick would come to him and ask him to, to lay hands on them and, and pray for them, to heal them, maybe, maybe going to the disciples, maybe casting out demons. This was all part of his ministry. It was a long, long day. Long enough that people were getting hungry. Long day. And after all of that, after he dismissed everyone, said, good night, have a good day, sleep good, walk carefully, drive carefully, watch out for the other donkeys out there, blah, blah, blah. He, he instructs his disciples to get in the boat and to head back across the lake that they had crossed earlier that day. He sends them away. He, he dismisses everybody. And then at the end of that long day, he climbs a mountain so he can spend time praying. He had to be intentional because that doesn't happen naturally. What happens naturally after a long day of work or a long day of ministry is nap time. That is natural. That's what you want to do after a long, hard day. What happens naturally after a long, hard day is to sit down in the easy chair and relax. Eat a little ice cream, have a cup of coffee. That's natural. Turn on the TV and watch some gun smoke. That's natural. Jesus... Set all that stuff aside. And he was intentional about going up there. Mark 1.35, we read earlier. It says, very early, while it was still dark, Jesus got up to pray. Again, not natural. What's natural in that situation? Oh, these blankets are so comfy. Hit the snooze. Oh, just another five minutes. Hit this. That's natural. Getting up early in a day and time before they actually had alarm clocks. So Jesus had to, he had to be intentional when he went to bed that I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get up before the rooster crows and before anybody else starts stirring. I'm going to get up. That takes determination. That takes doing. That takes being intentional. Nothing is going to get in my way. You know, when something's important to us, we've, it, it becomes pretty easy for us to do it. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to go riding this last uh, Friday, two days ago. I haven't been able to ride my motorcycle off-road since it died, and I blew up my shoulder in July. Long, dry spell. Now, I, I got to ride my four-wheeler 
into August until I broke it. And then some wise surgeon decided I needed to have my shoulder rebuilt. So I've been going out in my garage and looking at my, it was my field of broken dreams for a while. All of my toys were broken. And going there and looking at them. It's okay, baby, we'll get you back together. Finally got the bike together, got my shoulder together, had some, had some good doctors, some good therapists, some, some, uh, a, a good wife that wouldn't let me get out there because the doctor told me I couldn't, and believe it or not, I'm, I, I'm, I'm basically fearless, but um, I'm not going to let her catch me on a motorcycle when she knows the doctors have told me I can't. And so it's been a long, how long is that from July until this last Friday? Is that like six, eight months, like half an eternity or something? It's long. Got the bike back together, got the release from the doctor. You were fully released as of Thursday. I talked to a buddy of mine. We're going Friday. I don't care what happens. I'm going Friday. I was up late. I, it was easier. I went out and bought a hitch hauler deal so I could put the motorcycle in the hitch of my truck rather than taking the canopy off because it was hard to get the canopy off for, by myself. And, and then I'd have to put it back. I stayed up late. My cat had kittens. I'm looking at those adorable little kittens. And I'm trying not to five, four boys, one girl. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to annoy mama and I'm all proud of mama and I'm finishing up on the bike and I'm building this hitch hauler and I'm getting it together and it got to be late. And I had to get up early the next morning, but I'm going riding. I had to make my lunch the night before. I had to put everything out the night before and make sure that the coffee was set up. I, I even had a, a Bible study meeting with a friend of mine in the opposite direction. I got up early in the morning and I met my buddy down in Vancouver and then told him, hey, got to cut it short. I'm going riding and drive up to Shelton. When there's something that we want to do, something that we find value in, something that, we, that turns our crank... Thank you, Melba. So, we can do it. We prioritize it. I like to hunt. I like to sleep in. But when it's hunting season, I, I hunt instead of sleep in. Sometimes I nap in my office. But when, we, when there's something we want to do, when there's something that it's important to us, we find a way, we make a way to make it happen. And that's what Jesus did. This is important. And no matter what happens, no matter what gets in my way, no matter what troubles come along, no matter what bad news I hear, you are not going to take this time from me. If he had to get up early in the morning, if he had to stay up late at night, it was not natural, but it was intentional. That's how Jesus rolled with prayer. It wasn't one of you. Know, how many of you get woke up in the middle of the night? Sometimes you wake up kind of early and you have a hard time falling asleep. Say, so "Oh, well, hey, I woke up, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna make good use of this time." And you pray until you fall back asleep. And, th and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, do that. That's great. That's awesome. But this wasn't one of those times. This is Jesus saying, "I got to talk to Dad. I got to communicate. I'm gonna be intentional. I'm gonna do it." Luke six twelve. We read earlier. Went out. He went out on a mountainside. And spent the night praying. Again, not natural. 
And it certainly doesn't come accidentally. In fact, intentional is the opposite of accident. Accidental. Most good, worthwhile things, I'm sure you can affirm this with me, most good and worthwhile things are not going to happen accidentally in our lives. You will not accidentally have a good marriage. Amen? Just went to the funeral yesterday of a dear saint from Toledo. They've been married, I believe, 68 years. The last few years, she'd been in a, in a home dealing with dementia. I had the privilege of pastoring them up in, in Toledo, one of the older, second oldest couple in the church. And when they first got news that uh, she had dementia, she had Parkinson's, she had some other issues, they came into my office and they, they wanted to let me know they were going to be backing off from some things and that she was struggling with this and, and would I pray? And, and, we pray. and you know what? God delivered her from Parkinson's. Like six months later, she was done. It was gone. But I remember holding their hands and, and, and praying for them and getting done. And they were, they, they were both crying and they hugged me and, and Bob looks at me and I mean, this is a, this is a man's man. You know, this is a, and, and what a dedicated saint. And he looks at me and, and tears rolling down his eyes. He says, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it if something happens to her. He says, she's the strong one. That was a few years ago, five years ago or so. 68 years. They made it happen. It was no accident that they lasted that long. It was no accident that they had a good marriage. They made it happen. And nobody is going to accidentally have a good, healthy, strong marriage. You've got to make it happen. You've got to be intentional about praying with one another and praying for one another and, and seeing things from their viewpoint. And yes, I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to everybody else. We got to continue to date our spouse and continue to continue to keep those fires burning. Because naturally those fires have a tendency to start dying out. We need to supernaturally breathe life into them. We got to be intentional about making this thing happen. You're not going to accidentally have a great career. You might, you might end up in a career or job field that you didn't intend to get into and find out that you like it, but if you're going to have a good career, if you're going to last in it, you're going to have to be intentional about being to work on time. You're going to have to be intentional about learning the new policies and procedures. You're going to have to be intentional about staying on top of your game. It's not going to just accidentally happen because you walk through the door. And the same is true in our prayer life. You're not going to be a great prayer How many urges do you put on something like that? You're not going to have effective, powerful prayers just because you walk into a church. Just because you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just because you have a relationship with him, doesn't mean you're going to have a powerful prayer life. You've got to be intentional about it. And if it means you've got to wake up early, then my friend, set your alarm and wake up early. If it means you got to stay up late, well, here's an idea, just a thought. Turn off the stupid TV. 
probably a good reason why they started calling it a boob tube. Really not an awful lot worth watching on those shows anyways. I'm, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-TV. I'm not going to preach. I am anti some of the shows on TV. But we get so caught up just being lazy and turning into spiritual blobs because we're filling ourselves with so much blah. I haven't seen anything, honestly, I haven't seen anything on TV that's going to make you a better prayer-er. Unless maybe you watch the news and it encourages you to pray. Maybe put down your phones. You know, it's okay. It's, it's, I'll tell you what, I do this, okay? So I can tell you, it's, it's okay to turn your phone off. It's okay to ignore a phone call. I do it all the time. Not to any of you. I don't answer a phone number that I don't recognize. I figure if it's important, they'll leave a message. If it's important, I'll call back. It's just the way it is. When we were raising our kids, it was, we decided it was so important for us to have time. That was just our time. I told the church, I said, was it Mondays or Tuesdays? I don't remember. One of, one of the days of the week, I said, you can get a hold of me any other day. This day is my day. Leave me alone. Leave my family alone. That's what I got a board for. You, you got an emergency, you can call the board. The board has the authority to, to discern whether or not it's important enough to bother me. And, and what I told the board was, if they're dying. If they're dying or dead, you can let me know. I'd like to know about it. If they're not dying or dead and you bother me, you might be. <laughs> my wife and my children need to have my time and my attention. And so we would, on, on whatever night that was, we would sit down, we'd have dinner. Before we did that, we would turn the, the porch light off because porch light always, it, it attracts moths and other bugs. We turned the porch light off, and we'd let the kids run around and turn all the phones off. And I wouldn't check them till the next day. Because I was being intentional about spending time with my family. Church, we've got to be intentional about time with the Lord. Some of you here check your Facebook status more than you communicate with the Lord. That's kind of sad. We'll check our Facebook status and see if anybody likes our last post. See if we got any likes, any thumbs up or whatever. More than we're concerned about building this relationship with the Lord. Here's the thought, maybe the next time. Maybe you, maybe you start praying and say, Lord, every time I open up my phone and I start to go to that app, would you remind me to pray, maybe put my phone down and forget about that. I'm not, I'm not anti-Facebook, I'm not anti-Instagram, I'm on there, you know that but we need to prioritize time with the Lord. Because all these electronical blessings that we have will take us far away from Him if we're not careful. The only two things I want you to think about today that we're going to pray about, we're going to work on, about being consistent, and about being intentional. If we can do those two things, I promise you, I promise you, you will see your life transform, your relationship with the Lord transform if you'll be consistent 
and intentional in prayer, just as Jesus was. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? As we pray, I'm gonna, I just want to remind you, these altars are open. Talk about being consistent. We were up here last week. You can come up this week. Talk about being intentional. You can step out of your seat and come and spend some time praying. Lord, this morning I thank you for your word that's able to make us wise. Lord, I thank you that you desire to hear from us, to communicate with us any time of the day or night. Lord, whether we got to get up early or we stay up late, we need to be men and women of consistency and intentionality. So Lord, I pray. I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you would remind us. I pray that you would wake us up, Lord, that, that we would see something on the TV. We'd see something on our phones. We'd remember something that would call us, Lord, to prayer. Lord, that we'd put all the distractions aside. And as we do so, Jesus, that we would see our relationship with you growing, improving, and our lives transforming. And Lord, not only our lives, but the lives of those around us that you have entrusted us to impact. And now, Jesus, I just, I just ask you to bless your people. Lord, if there are those here today that, that really need to focus on being consistent, I pray that you would, Lord, that you would help them. Lord, just flat out help them. And, and Lord, those that, that need to be spurred along in intentionality, that you'd remind them. Lord, that we would just all grow closer for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for checking out our podcast today. For more information, you can find us on the web at www.mountainviewchristiancenter.net.